Welcome to Small Biz Flash, your briefing on small business news, trends, and insights. I'm your host, Adam Hewitt. Thanks for joining me. Today, we'll continue the discussion started last week with Jack Smith of the American Insurance Group on the often neglected topic of corporate-owned life insurance, also known as key man or key person insurance. That's coming up right after the news roundup. All right, let's dive in. Small businesses are filing for bankruptcy at record high rates, according to new data from UBS and reported by numerous outlets, including Markets Insider. Private bankruptcy filings have far surpassed those even of a peak set early on during the COVID pandemic. The four-week moving average in late February of this year was 7.8, compared to 4.5 in June 2020. The concerning statistics are from shortly before the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, which exacerbated an already stressful situation for small businesses by tightening credit at a time when many sorely need it. Matthew Mish, UBS's head of credit strategy, commented in a research note that the smallest firms were, quote, facing the most severe pressure from rising rates, persistent inflation, and slowing growth, end quote. For many small businesses, social media marketing is a must, but getting the message out on Twitter just got harder because of changes to the account verification process. As of April 15th, Twitter started charging to verify accounts. For businesses, regardless of the size, it's $1,000 per month. That large sum is out of reach for most smaller companies. While forgoing a gold check mark by your Twitter name may seem inconsequential, it's the visibility that comes with the verification that's valuable. Only tweets from verified accounts will show up in a user's For You page, even if the user is not necessarily a follower of that account. Put another way, unverified businesses will no longer have potential exposure to users that do not already follow them. Amazon has been mislabeling some products as sold by small businesses when in fact they were not, according to an article published on the tech website The Information. The report accused the e-commerce giant of labeling such goods as a lamp from a Chinese seller and a bottle of Johnson & Johnson shampoo as being offered by a U.S. small business. The article explains that Amazon unveiled its small business badges alongside an effort to get sellers help in a pushback against proposed antitrust legislation. Manufacturing news website Manufacturing.net reports that after the original article was published, Amazon removed the erroneous badges. Small business owners, your finances are the cornerstone of your business. You need the bookkeeping pros at SBS Accounting and Advisors to keep your AP, AR, and financial statements on track. For 16 years, the good folks at SBS have been helping owners like you make better decisions and grow their profits. So go to sbsaccountants.com today to set up a free 30-minute consultation. Use the promo code FLASH to get 20% off your setup fee. Again, that's sbsaccountants.com.
As I mentioned at the top of the show, today we have part two of my interview with Jack Smith on corporate-owned life insurance. If you missed part one, I encourage you to go back and listen to last week's show. Okay, let's listen in as Jack coaches us on determining how much of this insurance our small business may need and also what the tax implications may be. Let's talk for just a minute about how to determine what the quantity is or, or what amount of this kind of insurance that a company needs. And I know there's some different methodologies out there, some different schools of thought. Can you speak to that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, they're like you said, I mean, you're going to ask a hundred people how to value this and, and you're probably going to get close to a hundred different answers when it comes down to the, the thousand or the million, you know, whatever decimal place it may be or, or where the comment lies. But um, what I would say is, you know, you first need to think about, well, in, in, in the event of a key person passing away, like what were they personally generating to the business? You know, if they're um, in the manufacturing sector, if they're just amazing at sales, they know the product really well, you know, it, it, it's kind of industry specific, but I mean, at the end of the day, what are they bringing in that if they stop working tomorrow, what is the business going to lose in terms of revenue, but also maybe even efficiency that that hinders growth or or you know brings it down a notch or two? So that that's one way is just to say like on an annual basis, you know, what's this person bringing in? Um, then you also have to think about well, you know, what's it what's it going to cost for me to replace this person if they have thirty years industry experience? What's it going to cost if I need to go hire somebody new that has 30 years of experience? Or if I hire somebody new, what does the onboarding process look like? What does the certification process look like? So, I mean, it's, it's very hard to put an exact number on it. But, you know, as you and I were speaking about earlier, one of the things that we always advise is, hey, you know, it's, it's better to have a little bit too much insurance than to not have enough. And so, any anytime you're going through this underwriting process to get this life insurance in place, whether it be the key man or the buy sell, they're going to want to see business documentation. So they're probably going to ask for your P and L. They're you know they're going to want to see you know hey you say this guy's generating two million dollars in revenue. We need to see that on paper before we're just going to sign our name to it and say hey if this person passes away we're on the hook for X amount of millions. So. Part of that is determining the number on your own. And then part of that's going to be working with the agent and then specifically the underwriter to say, hey, you know, how much coverage can you actually afford to give us and how much can we afford to pay for? Yeah, sure. I think that's really wise that, you know, it's not just one um, factor that there's multiple factors. And it's really overall like what's the hit that the company's going to take um, from multiple angles if this key person um, were to were to die and um because it is going to be uh, for for many companies, especially the smaller you are, it's going to be a significant event, and it's going to be very disruptive. And so, and that's why this is so important, right? And it's it's shocking, frankly, that so many companies haven't thought about and prepared for this kind of eventuality because it does happen. Um, the tax treatment on this kind of product of, of for insurance is a little different than most insurance um, for small business. So, can you just touch on that? Yeah, yeah. So with key person or key man insurance, um, if you look toward the end first, I think it gives you insight as to why um, it's treated a little bit differently. So um, with most organizational structures, I know there's some corporation uh, structures where uh, the death benefit. So let's say that you have a million dollar policy on this key person in the business and he or she passes away. 
then if you have a million dollar policy, you're receiving that full million dollars. There's no tax uh, applied to that in most cases. Now, like I said, there are some corporation structures that um, do make do you know force tax implications there. Um, and I would recommend you know talking to your CPA, your accounting firm for that full information. Um, but to to now go backwards as you're paying these premiums, whether you pay them monthly, annually, quarterly, however you're paying the premium to keep the policy in force. Those premiums are not actually tax deductible. So um, while it is an expense uh, technically to the company, you cannot expense the premium uh, to to lessen your tax liability. Right, but you know sometimes um, it's worth it to just take the take the hit and pay the expense anyway. And I think this is one of those cases where you know if you don't want your business to potentially go under um, when you have some sort of catastrophic event happen like this, uh, you know, don't worry so much about the tax deduction, just do the right thing, even if it costs a little more money, right? So, um, and I would just want to add a couple of things before we wrap up here. Uh, One is, is that, you know, a lot of times um, when you're going to get a loan or line of credit or anything like that, or even if you're just getting money from investors, one of the things that you're going to be asked is, you know, do you have um, key man insurance or key person insurance or corporate owned life insurance, uh, because no one wants to put their money um, into your business if this is a risk that uh, you know the business could go out of business because uh, you don't have this kind of coverage. So keep that in mind and uh, be ready to have this in place before you get any kind of infusion of cash into your business. Uh, the other thing is that, that there's another kind of coverage we haven't really gone into and we don't have time here, but just to be aware that there's also um, key man disability insurance. Um, and so that's something you may also want to look into as well. So, um, Jack, before we wrap up, is there anything else that we missed? Or I know, um, you know, this is kind of a short form interview process, but anything else that you want to kind of touch on before we, we end today? No, I think I think that's about it. And just understand that life insurance is very specific. No, no matter the purpose of it, um, you know, you can you can get online and, and kind of generate whatever kind of quote that you want to in terms of the dollar amount. But it's really going to come down to a pretty firm underwriting process, especially when you're getting into uh, higher levels of coverage. And that's where working with someone that's got experience can make all the difference because. There are several different rating factors, you know, such as height, weight, family history, and medical issues, you know, things like that. And then you've also got several different companies out there that can provide different rates based on all those factors. And so I would just say, um, you know, when it comes to what to expect from a cost standpoint, that's where starting with uh, someone that's well versed in life insurance overall, that's that's going to be your best place to start. Don't don't simply go to Google and say, oh, well, I can definitely get this for X amount of money. Because that may or may not be the case, and you might just be spinning your wheels. All right. Well, we're going to put Jack's information in the show notes, um, his uh, LinkedIn profile and his email, and let you know how to get in touch with him. So, Jack, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. We really appreciate your insight. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Adam. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Flash. I'm your host, Adam Hewitt. If you enjoy the show, please tell someone about the podcast and a comment on LinkedIn, Facebook, or YouTube would be great as well. I sure do appreciate it, and I'll see you next week.